You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, what's going on, buddy? Good morning, Lambo. Hey, dude. I'm ready to roll, man. We've got so much stuff we can talk about. Just want to give everybody a heads up. It's going to be about a 40-minute episode, okay? I was going to just call the whole thing off. But uh, I gotta, I gotta meet some. Uh, I gotta meet a business partner of mine in in, uh, in Johnson City here in a minute. So we gotta, we gotta go downstairs, get dressed real quick as soon as this is over, and uh, and make about a fifteen minute commute. So uh, please, please forgive me in advance. All right. So we're, the goal is forty minutes. We'll look up. It'll be an hour and ten, and Tim will be giggling over there. Right. It's just the way it works. <laughs> I, I really gotta get out of here on time today. But want to say hi to everybody in the chat. What's up, gang? Um, pretty cool. We're about to crack 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're watching this and you're not a sub yet, hit that sub button. Don't worry about the notifications so we don't bother you. We go live a lot, but we would definitely appreciate the uh, the subscription there. And uh, also make sure you hit this like button for us and uh, help other Packer fans find this this podcast, this content. We got Omer in the house. We got Bleed Green up in here, Carly Ray, Nick McSwain. Chad Inc., Doug, everybody in the house. What's up, guys? Hope you all are having a great morning. Trying to get you guys set for a, an awesome Thursday. Obviously, we're we're beyond hump day, right? It is Thursday, right, Tim? Yeah, um, okay. all day Thursday. <laughs> yeah, all day. Is there is there Thursday night football or not? Look at me asking questions we don't have the answer to. <laughs> Chat, come on, Posse, help on, us Chad. out. I'm pretty sure there's got to be, right? Yeah, I, you know, it's weird because you get a little later in the year, and I think Thursday night football stops and they start picking up a Saturday or something. So, anyway, let us know in the chat, guys, what the matchup is on Thursday night if there is one. But let's just kind of dive right into some multimedia here, man. Um, Rashawn Gary, did you send me this? I think you sent me this, didn't you, Tim? This interview with Rashawn Gary on NFL Network? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I might have. Someone said it. It may have been Emilio. Um, someone said this interview, but they had Rashawn Gary. It's so cool to see him getting noticed in the national spotlight now. Um, but he was on NFL Network talking to uh, to Baldy and, of course, uh, Tom Pelissero. You guys remember Tom Pelissero? He covered the Packers way back in the day. If you guys have seen the awesome documentary, Good Morning Lambo, he was on it a lot. Looked like he was 12 years old in that video. But um, I feel like he's done a good job. He's climbed the ranks and obviously going to be probably the uh, predecessor to Ian Rappaport there at NFL Network whenever Ian decides to move on or if he decides to retire or whatever. But um, pretty cool little interview, just about two minutes long. Let's see what Rashawn Gary had to say. And like I said, it's so cool to see him. 
finally getting noticed, you know, having these uh, these multi-sack games, forcing fumbles, the whole nine yards. And I, I got so excited looking at that PFF setup of him potentially rushing the backside of Pat yeah. I hope they do that a lot. I really do. But here we go with uh, Rashawn Gary's interview. You guys have been playing great defense for the last six, eight. What did he just say? Did he? Never mind. Weeks right now. <laughs> I mean, you could see it in the game. It showed up big time on a big stage on Thanksgiving. But what's been the key to the turnaround defensively here and how you've been able to keep your opponents down and been able to take the ball away here uh, over the last few weeks? Because you look like the first place team in the NFC North on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, um, you know, the only thing is just us coming in Monday to Sunday and really putting in the work. And that's just us taking the time, watching the plays and making sure the plays that we do uh, don't understand or you don't think is, um, you know, we have troubles, issues uh, trying to see, you know, we get corrected. And that's just us uh, leaving in the standard, man. Uh, everybody on this defense, you know, is always three years up. Um, you know, of course, we got a couple young guys, but everybody understand what it is to play high, high level defense and what it is to uh, win at a high level. So we just got to keep on challenging each other day in and day out to be consistent. Rashawn, tell me about the other side of the ball because you know, Jordan Love gets off to a hot start in that week one game against Chicago. Then you guys went through this crazy sequence of injuries. Aaron Jones gets hurt in that game. I think the people just nationally, viewers, fans, are kind of wondering about the ascent of Jordan Love. He played in that Thanksgiving game like this dude should be talked about as one of the rising stars within the league. I know he's on the other side of the ball, but you see him in camp. You see him on a daily basis. Just how is he growing as a player and a guy around that team? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, like I tell everybody, uh, watching Jordan Love from day one, from, you know, him being under Aaron Rodgers, you know, a future Hall of, future Hall of Famer, and um, just how he's just excited to leave, man, and day in and day out, it doesn't matter. Um, he doesn't stay too high, doesn't stay, stay too low. He keeps right in the middle, and um, that's what you need as a, a team leader. And one thing, you know, he blocks out the noise, and that's one thing that I love, man. He keeps everybody focused, and it doesn't matter what he does. He's always on to the next play, and he's a great leader. Love it, man. You love to see that, Tim. Uh, that dude is just stand up. And, you know, the real question here, Bleed Green says, did Gary cut his hair? I was trying to look. Every time he started to turn his head, I think he had it up. But I don't know, oh. man. He may have oh. you cut your hair. <laughs> look at this. Stop playing <laughs> with him. Stop playing with him. <laughs> I'm going to need you to keep that on hand at all times. And I got to get me a Joe Barry one, bro. I've got to. I wish I they seen. made these with uh with with the coaches, right? That would have been great. Oh yeah, I, I bet you can get them custom made. I need to tuck tuck the stick in right here. That way, I can just do the whole episode with Joe Barry right right on my face for sure. Um, man, it got heated on Twitter yesterday when I posted that. Oh hey, man, yeah. Somebody responded. This is hilarious, and they said, um, "If you're going to be a Joe Barry apologist, just look the other way." And I'm like, "Bro, you, I'm not even following you." And you commented on my tweet. What do you mean look the other way? <laughs> what are you right. talking about? They do they get triggered when you mention Joe Barry. It is hilarious, dude. Um, and like everybody said here, I think Chad Inc. was the first one to mention it in the chat. It's Seahawks Cowboys tonight. And of course, we're Cowboys fans tonight. We need the Seahawks to lose. How cool would it be if the Seahawks drop an L tonight, Tim? And uh, my God, man, that would be, I mean, everything would fall perfectly into place where you can actually afford to lose that Kansas City game. If, if, God forbid, you come out, you go flat, you're still in a position, right? To, Are they to playing make uh, in Dallas tonight? Or is this in um, uh, at, in Seattle? That's a great question, Chat, Get on it. What are you guys <laughs> doing here? 
Um, we should have these information. They're like, what the heck, dude? We're supposed to be asking you guys questions. What do you <laughs> Hey, what, what, ask us questions about the Packers. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. We don't know about the Cowboys or the Seahawks, but um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they get it done tonight, right? Yeah, that would be. I, I, listen, I feel really, really confident. First of all, you always got to put the disclosure in there, right? The, the caveat that any given Sunday, yeah. But the Cowboys are playing as good as they have all year long. I mean, you're right though. If it's in Seattle, all bets are off the table. I mean, that's a tough place to play. But uh, arguably, the loudest stadium in the uh, in the entire league. Mark in the chat. Rashawn Gary is the man. Stop playing with him. Also got the notification that Mark has been a member of the uh, a YouTube member uh, for two months now of the PTA Posse. Appreciate you supporting the channel, Mark. It's awesome to have you in here as a member, buddy. Um, always uplifting. Always got good comments. We we uh, we appreciate you contributing to the show uh, for sure. Let's see here. Omer in the chat says Rashawn Gary, class act, soft spoken, considering that a tough a tough mean player he is and the intensity and tenacity he plays with. I love how he's emotional too, man. Yeah. I know people like to meme that stuff, but that matters to your teammates, man. When it, it, it matters to your teammates when you go out and you, you're the reason your team won and they see what it means to you, it kind of makes them look, look in the, if you've, if you've interviewed properly, right. If you've got the right people in the building, which I think we would all agree we do. What it does is it forces your teammates to kind of look back and go, damn, why ain't I that passionate? It means that much to the guy who's out here, you know, absolutely killed himself trying to to get back from the rehab and then just laying it all on the line out there on the field and, and carrying the defense like he has. Why does it mean – why doesn't it mean more to me? You know what I'm saying, Tim? It's just – he's he's kind of the heartbeat of this team, isn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, he inspires leadership in other players on this team as well. Um, and, uh, you know, Rashawn is a guy that can be a vocal leader – but most of the time he's leading by example, you know, and, and he puts so much into, into his work and um, you know, other guys see that and, you know, the emotions spill over. Um, one thing I'll say about Rashawn is that, you know, as intense as he is, we don't usually see him involved in that extracurricular crap on the field. You know, you get the occasional, you might get an occasional hold or a face mask with Rashawn, but you're not getting any of that, you know, extra personal foul type of crap because he, he, you know, there's a limit. He plays under control, but he plays intense. He plays with fire and a lot of emotion. And the guys see that. And uh, I always joke about it, but, you know, that's how Rashawn probably approaches a lot of things in his life, right? You know, his workouts and his training program, even when he's not at the facility, you know, he's a very locked in, serious dude. And um, just just the type of leader you want on your football team, you know, and that, that spills over into other sides of the the locker room right it's not just yeah he's the heart and soul of the defense but that dude is a leader on this football team for sure yeah and you can tell he's lockstep with Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur absolutely adores that guy you can tell that stuff matters man especially when things go wrong right now when you're when you're you know everything's at an all-time high you're winning all that it doesn't matter right everybody's upbeat but when things go awry you need someone you can lean on right um you know old saying we had on on our business team was you know be be that person that's strong enough that others can lean on you until they're strong enough to hold themselves up, right? That's what a true leader does. Not when it's just going good, right? Um, and I think that's what you've got in Rashawn Gary. Obviously, he's going to be that spark plug. Well, when everybody doubted Jordan Love going into Chicago, just like you said, we joke about it, but stop playing with him. That was him saying, like, look, you need to – Jordan, you need to stop being so dang humble, you know? <laughs> like, you heard all the chatter. They, they said you sucked. And yep. all off season long, you know, you had your Adam Shine saying he can't play football 
you had your uh, uh, what's the other knucklehead over there at ES or at Fox, whatever his name is, uh, Colin Coward, right? No. You had him running around saying he's a game manager at best. Like literally, they just can't dropped throw. Remember that? Yeah, he yeah. Said he can't throw a football. <laughs> and then lo and behold, he becomes the first quarterback. Listen to me, guys. The first quarterback in franchise history. That includes Bart Starr. That includes Brett Favre. That includes Aaron Rodgers. That heck, it includes you know Lynn Dickey, who loved to wing it around back in the eighties, right? Don Mikowski. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and even back in the day, it sounds so silly, but even under Curly Lambeau, Arnie Herber and them used to wing that thing around too. First quarterback in franchise history, if I remember correctly, Tim, the number is three touchdown passes and no interceptions in three different games. His first season as a starter, like when you start separating yourself like that. And, again, that's been the positive of Jordan Love's game. He'll put points on the board from a touchdown perspective right now. Got to control the interceptions. Got to get the accuracy down, right? All that matters. But, um, I don't know, it's just pretty cool, man. When you start seeing stuff like that get thrown around. Now, immediately there's somebody going, stop comparing them to Aaron and Brett. Okay, you fan how you want to fan, all right? Uh, We're just talking about what the numbers actually are. That stuff drives me crazy. People are – just the gatekeepers are absolutely wild, man. Absolutely wild. Let's see what else we got here in the chat, man. We got everybody following in here now. It's going to be hard to keep this to 40 minutes for sure. Um, let's see what Bleed Green said here. I've seen Andy Reid's name. When Andy Reid was asked what he thought about Love in their first matchup, he said, who? Guess what, Andy? You're going to find out Sunday night. I've got that video somewhere. I need to pull it up sometime. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – I don't think Andy meant any disrespect from it, you know. I don't think he was out there going, let me take a shot at them. He was at the owners' meeting, I think the AFC meetings at the time. And they asked, what do you think about Jordan Love, this and that? And he was like, I'm sorry, think about this, guys. There's all of these different players that he's preparing for. He's an offensive-minded guy. You know, we got to kind of put that into perspective a bit, although use it as fuel, absolutely, right? You show that to the locker room and go, look, this dude didn't even know who Jay Love was. Let's make sure he remembers who he is after Sunday. I get that. I got you. But from Andy's perspective, Andy is a great guy, right? Andy's a good dude. Um I just imagine he's been in meetings. He's he's got a uh, you know the the owner of the Chiefs there with him. They're you know talking through media rights deals and and how the rules committee is is trying to change things and maybe something he was passionate about at the time. And all of a sudden, someone says, "What do you think of Jordan Love?" He's I'm sorry, who, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I don't think there's any any shot there, Tim. Do you? Although it's okay to use it as fodder for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't. I, I agree with you. Andy Reid's not that kind of dude. He's not a. He's not a trash talker um, per se, uh, especially in a, you know, a setting like that. I I do. I think he was probably just had a lot rattling around up here. Um, and let's be let's be real. You know, he he coaches an AFC team. You know, it's not like he sees Jordan Love. You know, two to four times a season kind of thing. That's not that's not happening. Um, so, um, you know, probably slipped his mind and, um, you know, I believe towards the end when, when they kind of reminded him, he did remember, you know, he said, oh yeah, I remember he started against us, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, it's not shade. It's not throwing, um, you know, any kind of shade at all at us. I don't think, um, but Hey, you know, bleed, bleed greens, right. You know, whatever you got to do to find motivation, that's fine. You know, um, You know, and I don't know how Jordan Love is when it comes to that stuff. You know, if someone mentioned, hey, you know, Andy Reid forgot who you were, man. Much, I don't listen to much Taylor Swift. Um. <laughs> man, after my heart right there. Hey, man, anytime, anytime you want to go out for daddy sodas, Jordan. Wait, is he ordering? Yeah. Huh? 
He's also going to have daddy sodas now, so so we can we can take him out for one. But um, I don't know if he's that type of dude, right? If he's going to be like, oh man, I'm going to make him remember me. I don't I don't see Jordan being that guy. I think Jordan wants to lead his team and uh, is focused on getting a dub. But hey, anything extra will help, right, Clayton? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, like Bleed Green, you know, what you're saying here, Bleed Green, I think the players will look at it like that. It's not so much like, oh, he he was out to disrespect Jordan, but it's like they still don't know who we are. Like, seriously, let's let's make sure they know they, – they damn sure know who Jordan Love is after this Sunday, right? Yeah. That's how players think, for sure. Anyone who's, who's a competitive – you know, has a competitive nature – you know, I always respond with my my reaction would be, and, it, and it's happened in podcasting, and I'll keep the details to myself, but it's just amazing how people ignored you when you first start, and they don't want anything to do with you, and then you start to have a little bit of success. All of a sudden, they come around and say, hey, man, let's let's get together. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah, so my my reaction to that, the way I'm competitive is typically right here. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Just be quiet, work your, work your tail off, and the next time they see you, oh, they'll know who you are, right? Yeah. And and when it happens, kill them with kindness, kill them with humbleness, right? And and not, don't just embarrass them, don't just outwork them, don't just put a better product out there, don't just beat them on the field. But when you do it, make sure they know you're not surprised about it. <laughs> What'd right. you expect? You know, I'm me, and you're you. What'd you expect? That yep. kind of approach. That's how you cut people deep. Um. 
for sure. But yeah, I think I think there could be something there, Bleed Green for sure, buddy. Um, Dennis Shook in the house said, Good morning, everyone. I know we all really want this win, but progress is the most important thing. Absolutely. It's kind of like what we said with a couple of games earlier in the season. Detroit might have been one for me. Um, listen, I want the I want the dub more than anybody, but more so I want to make sure they're in the game. And I want to see progress across the board. If there's any young players playing because of all these injuries, you want to see them take that next step forward, right? In all honesty, we're playing for next year, right? You know, some would say, no, it's actually 2025 we'll be competing. If this team continues to go on the trajectory they're on right now, um, there's no reason to say they couldn't compete for a championship in 2024. Got to put a few more pieces in place. Got to get some more uh, experience for sure. But, um, again, Tim, we always point back to 2010, dude. Nobody was expecting that. Nobody was expecting that in 2010, winning the Super Bowl, dude. Absolutely. And sometimes you can be that that uh, sleeping giant, you know. You can kind of sneak in there and, and surprise a lot of people. And, um, you know, it certainly looks like this type of team right now, um, trending upward at just the right time, you know. We talked about that, you know, we after that four-game losing streak. You know, we talked about what needed to happen, and it started with a victory and uh the team growing you know it's just like dennis is saying here you know we all want this win progress is the most important thing it's true you know um some would argue winning is the most important thing but um you know you can't win without progress and uh this team's certainly coming together and uh better than a lot of people gave him credit for better than a, than a lot of people thought and uh now we're really gonna see you know we've got the toughest test of the year coming up on sunday and then how how are you going to play going forward in closing this season out? Because if you go back to how you started it, we're we're gonna that's a regression, right? So we want to continue to see the progress. And um, you know, hey, making the playoffs is great. Whether that happens or not, that's fine. But exactly, uh, you know, to Dennis's point, you know, you gotta you gotta show progress. And this team has as of late. And uh, you know, it's a bright future going forward for these Packers. But um, one week at a time, one game at a time. Let's handle business. I want to beat the Swifties. I'm, I mean the Chiefs on uh, Sunday. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Chad Inc. in the chat says, Michael Jordan would make up stories about something someone said just to make it personal and elevate his game. You got to do what you got to do to be a killer out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the same way, right? He always had the chip on his shoulder, and people would immediately go, why does he got to be so combative, this and that? You know, the great people in their profession, that's, that's kind of how they approach things, right? It really is. You know, as far as Jordan, one of the stories I remember hearing, he was at – a restaurant right before a game maybe it was for a finals game and literally the waiter or the staff member or somebody said hey good luck tomorrow mr jordan and he literally looked back at the guys he was at and he said that's all i needed like he said good luck what do you you know what i mean he he immediately turned out wait luck you think i need luck okay let's go out here and kill these guys right? mike was uh yeah mike that another level just a little bit of psychoticness mm -hmm. mixed in there i mean I like to think that's where Kobe came up with uh, Mamba. Oh, absolutely. You know, coming up watching Michael Jordan, he you know he had a new name for that killer instinct. And that that's pretty much what Mike had back in the you know the eighties and nineties. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Hey, whatever you got to do to motivate motivate yourself or motivate your teammates, right? And not everyone responds to that. I mean, there's guys you could tell, hey man, this dude was talking about your your girlfriend before the game, and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, like the, not everyone reacts the same way. Um, when it comes to motivation, but um, certainly being slept on 
uh, by the rest of the league is uh, motivation, especially the younger players who are trying to make a name for themselves right now. So I could definitely see our some of our first and second year guys uh, getting jacked up to play here on Sunday night on the national stage uh, for the second week in a row. So uh, go Pack, go. Yeah, Carly Ray in the chat said, I love Tim's evil cackle. You know what it reminded me of, Carly? It sounded like the very end of this video. <laughs> no, it didn't. I was just joking. Oh, man. Let's see uh, who else in the chat here. Tom Spalding said, uh, "Lovers, I love Rodgers and all he did, um, but isn't it refreshing to have a QB1 who doesn't scold his receivers but works with them to improve as a team? It happens every time a turnover uh, or a quarterback turnover happens, Tom. Um, I remember, you know, I was a Packers fan, obviously, when Brett was here and they turned the reins over to Aaron. And one of the knocks on Brett was, you know, he quote unquote had his own locker room, right? He didn't have to hang out with the team. I asked a former player, I won't mention the name. I had a good conversation off online um, with a former NFL player that played with Brett. And I asked him, I said, what was it like playing with Brett? Like, was he, was he approachable? Was he like, you know, he's, his name has really been drugged here lately, obviously. And listen, we talk about football on this podcast. I could care less what someone's politics are or the details of a court case or the beef he's got with McAfee. Listen, that's, we, we try to talk football here unless of course it's Taylor Swift because we know Tim is a big fan. But when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to um, Brett, I asked him that and he said, you know, I came on a little bit later in the game and Brett was already established. So he had his family and he didn't really hang out with the guys because he was always with his family. And, you know, you got to understand too, like he fought addiction, both alcohol and pain, painkiller addiction. Once he got that under control, he decided I'm going to separate myself from that nightlife. Right. Because you can find videos of him in bars and stuff. Right. When he was younger, him throwing footballs, breaking beer bottles and stuff in a bar with, I think it was Homer maybe. But anyway, like he he kind of settled down. So that was how it was on the backside. Now, when I became a fan was back in 03. And obviously when they handed the reins over to to uh, Aaron, which I think was in 07 or 08, whatever year it was. I remember immediately hearing that Aaron Rodgers was having Bible studies at his house with because, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Aaron grew up very, very religious. Right. His his parents, his family was very rooted in the church. Now, he's had some negative experiences with the church. Maybe that's why I connect with him, too, because I had a lot of negative experiences with the church. That's why when I tell people I'm a Christian, I'm a different kind of Christian. We won't get into the details, but I just I don't buy into the whole grab your Bible and total into the church and good morning, brother. And then on your way home, you're cussing your wife out in the car, cussing the guy in front of you. You know what I mean? Like we're all human. You need to give each other you know, room to grow. And the ultimate goal is making everyone else's life better, trying to help each other out. Um, so. When he talked about that stuff, that connected with me. But he would hold Bible studies with the team, right? And he would get them together at his house. And I was like, man, this is refreshing. And I love Brett. I love Brett. I was a big Brett Favre fan, right? Um, it's like it's so cool to see a young quarterback kind of take these guys in and they're creating this camaraderie and they want to perform for each other. You're seeing the same exact thing here with Jordan. And as Aaron's career winded down, a lot of people criticize him that he wasn't hanging out with the guys and this and that. And people were laughing at the fact that he's, he's using the age gap as a, as a, uh, a, a you know, an excuse. And I immediately try to tie it back to me, Tim. I try to say, okay, the people that I've worked with projects I've worked on with people, am I going out on Saturday night and hanging out with a 22 year old? Ain't happening. So why are we holding these athletes to a higher standard just because they're quote unquote getting paid more money? Right. So I never bought into that too much. I just think it's, 
kind of the necessary cycle that happens as a player gets older. But man, it's it's a real thing, Tim. That that is real on this team that these guys are rallying around love and they're kind of they're they're getting to grow together, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just different different style of leadership, right? You know, I relate a lot to Jordan. I'm a, I'm a Libra, so I'm about that balance, right? You know, I, I like to achieve balance in my life. And, you know, we talked about Jordan being kind of reserved and a, and a more quiet, stoic type of a leader. But then we see that in-game fire, right? You see him getting fired up or you'll see him rile up his teammates. And, and you want that too, right? You need to motivate. Everyone's got their own style, you know. Um, and just a little different approach than uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, obviously, because they're different, different men, right? Different players. And, you know, who knows 10 years from now what what Jordan Love's leadership looks like. Right. You know what I mean? So things things evolve as you uh, move forward in your career. I will tell you um, one of the noticeable differences is the fact that, you know, a lot of these guys, um, you know, were here around the same time Jordan got here or slightly after. So you he's coming up with his teammates rather than, you know, we look at Aaron's situation. He kind of inherited a lot of Brett's team and there was that transition um moving forward so it's a little bit different when you when you come in and you're a young quarterback and you got young guys around you and with you as opposed to you know Aaron's situation was kind of kind of came in with a lot of vets and uh there was a lot of um learning that Aaron had to do we all remember when he kind of ruffled Brett's feathers the wrong way there with the old man comment when he came into the locker room so you know, it's just different style of leadership. And I agree with what you said too, you know, would a, would a 22 year old want to hang out with us on a Saturday night? I don't think any more than, than we'd want to hang out with a, with a 22 year old, right, Clayton. So, right. You know, just different style of leadership um, guys change as they get older. And, you know, as far as the comparisons to Aaron Rodgers, Hey, you know, it comes with the territory. I, Jordan Love knew that was coming. We probably won't hear the end of that for a long time. I mean, how, how long did it take for uh, for the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers comparisons to stop, right? Even after we won the Super Bowl, you know, you would have thought that would have got the monkey off his back a little, but you know, you'll still hear that, and that just comes with the territory, and you know, you just got to handle it and move forward with your style of leadership, which so far so good seems to be working here in uh, Title Town. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it it's kind of a big misconception too. People make it sound like uh, you know Brett was really bad to Aaron. It went both ways. Like. Brett had the comment as soon as Aaron got here was they asked him, you know, are you excited about bringing him along? And he said, it's not my job to help him improve. He didn't say I wouldn't help him. I wouldn't give him tips. He just said, that's not my job. It's a coach's job. Like I'm focused on being the best me, right? Well, immediately the media takes it and runs with it, makes it sound like, oh, he's not happy that Rogers Was he happy? No, of course he wasn't. They drafted his replacement. Just like Rogers wasn't happy that they drafted Love, right? But I think I think Rogers handled the love situation a lot better. But like you said, too, Tim, it went both ways. You know, Rogers on two different occasions bashed Brett. He called him grandpa in the locker room in front of his teammates. So imagine your your career's winding down. They just drafted your replacement. And the first thing he says to you in the locker room is he calls you old man, grandpa in front of the teammates. Lucky you didn't lose a couple of teeth, right? Because that, you know, those those uh those Louisiana boys a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like uh uh, Mississippi, wherever he's at, down there in the bayou, right, down in Kill. The um, Kill. Yeah, and then on top of that, later on, um, he took a shot at Brett about his Wonderlick score. When he found out what Brett's Wonderlick score was, Aaron called him out on that. So it's like, 
to, to, to just say, you know, Brett was bad to Aaron, I think that's inaccurate. And to say that, you know, Aaron, you know, uh, was was perfect to Brett is inaccurate. One thing we can say accurately is the way Aaron brought Jordan Love along was absolutely awesome. He took him under his wing, took care of him. You know, all he's ever said is good things about Jordan Love. You ask Jordan Love, hey, what has he done for you? Oh, man, he I can go to him for anything. He still texts. He texts him after the game Thursday, right? They still text and communicate. So I know people like to create a narrative on both sides mm-hmm. as if Aaron's this the, the bad guy, right? He's the evil one. If he's so evil, why does his teammates still like him, right? So it's just yeah. business. It is what it is. And that's what he was saying, in my opinion, was, look, you. it's obvious you wanted to move on. Let me move on. And Goody prevented him from doing that for two years, right? So I, I kind of get it, you know. You just heard how I react, Tim. I would have I would have probably handled it the same way if I was Aaron Rodgers' shoes. I'd be like, no, hey, no, you made your decision, dude. Let's go. Move on. And I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, yep. that's just a – that's kind of a, a competitive thing. I think he's got that in him just like uh, – just like Jordan did for sure. Emilio said, yeah, the cutoff's 27 as far as hanging out, hanging out with people. <laughs> you got to check his ID, man. We're going to have to check his ID. How old are you, Emilio? I'm just curious. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Shook says, uh, good morning, everyone. I know we uh, we all really want this win, but progress the most important thing. We already hit on that one. Okay, yeah. And, again, we completely agree with that. It was Omer I was trying to go to. I want the Lions round one so bad. And third and sixth seed for us seems most likely too perfect. Imagine going back to Detroit. Here's the thing. Typically, when you play those close games, right, you know, you you play them the first time, whichever team wins the other one, they're coming back into that game saying, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's all right. That's what we do on this show. You're coming back into that second game going, okay, this worked last time. Let's just keep doing it. And the other team's going, this is what they did last time. Let's prepare for that. So you got to kind of make a decision. Do we switch things up? And then you outthink yourself if you change things up and it doesn't work out. Uh, there's just a, a kind of this mental ping pong that takes place. But, yeah, it, it's so hard to beat the same team twice in the same season uh, and so hard to beat it, the same team uh, two times in a row unless, of course, you're playing the Bears. But that kind of goes without saying. Um, but uh, it would be interesting to see that matchup again there in the playoffs for sure. Um, this is pretty cool. Nick McSwain says Rodgers is practicing again. I'm excited to see him play. I am too, Nick. I, I want to see him kind of put the naysayers to bed. Um, it bothers me that people are saying he's lying about his Achilles. I, I just – he could be, right? I don't know. Uh, one thing I do know is, Tim, I can't read people's minds, bro. Like, it amazes me how people – they will tell you what other people are thinking. Well, what you know, he said this, but here's what he really meant. Damn, you a mind reader? All right, cool, man. Good stuff. <laughs> I just don't understand that. Uh, living like that. Did you guys watch the? Didn't we watch the play at, at nauseum? Like, yeah, no, he, he faked I mean, it. He he faked. He, he faked it. I mean, you could literally see that thing snap contract and expand and 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 reverberate up his calf muscle. You could see it, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I think he's lying about it. You some some people's hate for people is just it is absolutely wild. As delusional as you think he is, right? As delusional as you think he is about lying about everything. Oh man, you kind of you kind of proving the guy right when he, you know, points out that people just uh make stuff up. But uh yeah, I agree though, Nick. It should be must see TV for sure, man. Um all right, let's do this. Real quick since we were on the Jordan Love topic, I want to hit on a couple things that I found online from the 33rd team. This may be a little hard to see. I'll read it for you though. Um he has now climbed the rankings to uh uh 15th. I think if you guys remember we covered it a few weeks back, he was somewhere in like the uh 
around the 21 range or maybe the 18 range. Well, now he's kind of stabilized at 15. He says Jordan Love continues to play good, uh, promising ball. It's uh, it's taken three months, but we are finally starting to see all the reps with the Green Bay Packers young offense paying off. So he's sitting right around that 15 range, according to the 33rd team. I thought that was real cool. Here's a cool stat from uh, PFF uh, Green Bay Packers at PFF underscore Packers on Twitter. Jordan Love, when holding the ball for less than two and a half seconds this season, 80 of 109, 653 yards, eight tuds, zero interceptions, 85.3 PFF grade. That's fourth amongst quarterbacks with the uh, eye emoji. Tim, it's what we talked about. When you watch the tape early, it's he's he's not processing in time. He's not getting to the proper answer. Every, every snap on offense – there's an equation that takes place, right? There's a question on the field. You've got to get to the answer as quick as possible. And in many cases, he was getting to the right answer. He was just getting there a second late. And that would be the difference between a 15-yard gain and a three-yard gain, right? So pretty cool to see this. This is what we've talked about on Chalk Talk. He's seeing the game faster. He's processing the information faster. He's getting to the right read on time now. He's playing what we call playing on time. And it looks like PFF agrees, man. Oh, yeah. And the numbers don't lie. Right. You know, and um, Jordan's putting it together. You know, we we saw the same thing. We were just talking about Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers did not have a phenomenal first season in this league. But you did see him start to put it together towards the end of it. And uh, Jordan might be actually ahead of where he was. We, we already talked about the, the stats. You know, he's things are coming together pretty quickly for for Jay Money and uh Eight tutters and no picks. That's that's my favorite stat right there. I'm going to circle that one real quick on the on the big screen. Um, Jordan's just fun to watch, man. And the and as he improves, he's just going to get better and better. You know, I think back to uh, you know pre-draft. You know, there were there was a lot of analysts that that threw the Patrick Mahomes comparisons around with Jordan. It was, yeah. You know, so. and now the more I watch him and I see the the arm angle change. And I see the stepping up or stepping out of the pocket, looking to extend, looking to run, um, being smart and taking sliding, not not going head first anymore here. Um, you know, you, you do. And I, I'm not going to compare them directly, but you see those traits. You see that that type of um, play as a quarterback. And it's exciting because, you know, Mahomes is an electric dude. And uh, if Jordan Love's going to be in that class, with uh, those type of quarterbacks, I'm all for it because, you know, that's new to us in Green Bay, right? I think we would agree that, you know, Aaron and, and Brett, those guys were pocket passers, you know, not saying they couldn't run because we've, we've seen them run when they need to. But the fact that Jordan could be all of that plus mobility mixed into there is just, it makes me go like this. You talk about the the evil laugh that makes me want to do the evil laugh. <laughs> Look what we have. Look at these. Look at these weapons. So, um, you know, it'll be fun to see it on display on Sunday night for real. Um, still thinking about possibly snagging one of these last-minute tickets. Do it, Tim. Do it. I might. We'll see. You let me know if I can do anything to help, buddy. But I would love to see you there for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, at Bleeding Green just became a new member, and he just said in the chat, um, Bleeding Green and Goat, I'm sorry, been watching you guys a while, finally pulled that, quote, member trigger hey we appreciate you buddy now we'll put you into the uh, on the wheel there uh during the post game show give you an opportunity to win some autographed memorabilia like i said we're giving away a autographed dorsey levens jersey um this sunday night during the post game show and uh like i said all of our youtube members if you uh, just go to our homepage, click join 
something I didn't even know was a uh, a thing here on YouTube. All of a sudden, I started getting notifications that people were uh, paying a small donation every month to uh, to be a member and support the channel. And I was like, you know what? Let's find a way to give that back. So uh, we just went out and got a bunch of autographed memorabilia from pristineauction.com. Um, some people were saying that's a bad business move, Clayton. You're losing money there. I know, but when you're married to Mandy Bailey, you you lose money all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it is. Um, she uh she does a lot of that shopping and she really enjoys it. She said, "What was it uh, last night? I showed her a meme, Tim, and it cracked me up. You've heard of the the term breadwinner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Justin from Packernet Podcast, his wife shared this meme, and it said, uh, "I'm the I'm the consistent bread loser in the house, meaning they spend all the money." <laughs> Crack me up, bro. I'm like, Mandy is the queen of that for sure. No doubt about it. But yeah, appreciate you becoming a member, man. A couple other things we wanted to hit on here um, when it comes to Jordan Love, and then we'll wrap this puppy up. We're, we're coming down the stretch here, Tim. Um, this was an article. I think it was on PFF, uh, Jordan Love. It says, particularly against Detroit in week 12, the team's biggest statement win of the season Love was dialed in, and when it came to ball location and overall accuracy, he completed 68.8% of his passes, his highest pass rate, his highest rate of the season. But PFF's ball location charting data shows the real difference was exactly where the ball was placed, despite one of the highest average depths of target his of this of his season. Against Detroit, a massive, it says massive, 35.7% of his passes were charted as having a perfect ball location almost double his previous high, also against the Lions, interestingly. Uh, Two of his four most accurate games in terms of ball location have come in the past two weeks, and he has put the ball in harm's way just once in that span. So you're seeing the accuracy improve, Tim. Bro, that's exactly what we wanted to see, man. We wanted to see quicker decisions. We want to see taking care of the ball. We want to see the accuracy improve. You're seeing it take place right before our eyes, man. Absolutely. And you can put you can throw passes into tight windows. You can throw guys open. You can do those things without being dangerous with with the ball. And again, here comes the comparison. But where do you think he got that from? You know, like right. Aaron, Aaron was a master at that. And you you watch some of those throws. And I got to think a guy who spent a few years sitting behind that guy is put, bringing some of that into his game. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the growth. We're good. It's just going to get better. You know, Aaron Rodgers just got progressively more accurate throughout his career. I mean, we could see the same thing with uh, with Jay Money here. You know, he protects the football and he's willing to take a risk, but they're calculated risks. You know, we don't see him heaving, heaving too many up in a dangerous spot. So um, it's just great to see, man. I'm, I'm excited to watch him continue to grow along with these uh, young pass catchers on this team. So, so offense is uh, on the right track. Got to just keep it rolling here. Uh, through Sunday and and through the rest of this season, man. Just looking forward to it. Definitely. So here's another one. I'll try to read it off real quick. This came from the 33rd team. So it's not just PFF. It's not just ESPN. It's not just NFL Network. This is the 33rd. I'm trying to pull from all these different directions. That's what we do on this show. It's not just using the PFF data. It's not just using the SIS data. It's not just us watching the tape. We try to give a broader perspective, get multiple opinions. That way we come away with the real facts. But it says love has been – one of the best quarterbacks in football when pressured over the last month. Love has generated an even .00 EPA okay, per drop back when pressured since week nine, per true media. A literal zero doesn't sound very good, but remember that bad things usually happen on pressured dropbacks. Love's 0.0 EPA per drop back when pressured ranks fourth in the league behind only Dak Prescott, C.J. Stroud, 
and Justin Herbert. To share company with three other top 10 quarterbacks, even if on a small sample, is a fantastic sign for Love's recent development. It's not just showing up in the stat sheet, of course. Love's uh, budding confidence is easy to see in the way he plays. A player who was once as rigid and robotic as ever is starting to find creative throwing angles and make the most of his, uh, I guess it says S-tier arm talent with risky throws on the move. And I think what we're seeing there, Tim, and we'll get your parting thoughts with that with that little comment there, um, I think what we're starting to see is exactly what LaFleur said. I think he's thinking too much. He just needs to go out there and play ball. He just needs to go out there and turn it loose. That's what he's doing. You're seeing the angles. You're seeing the creativity. You're seeing the throw, you know, ro- rolling left, coming back across his body, creating those throwing windows. Um, he's starting to peak, man. You're seeing the peak, right? Now the question is, does it go higher? Or does he come back down to this new floor? That's what we need to watch the rest of the year. But what do you think about that? Under pressure, you're seeing the accuracy. You're seeing him get the ball out, right, in two and a half seconds. And he's been great getting the ball out uh, in that short amount of time. You're seeing the accuracy improve. And now you're seeing him play better under pressure in the most important game there against Detroit both times this year. What do you think? Um, I think that's absolutely accurate. I think LaFleur was telling him, you know, you prepare so much for these games, trust it when you're out there. If it breaks down, trust your read, trust your instincts. We've watched enough film. You've done enough prep. Just trust it. You know, the other thing I think that goes hand in hand with this is that wide receiver room um, meeting with Jordan. Um, There was some talk about that, that that's a a weekly thing. Now these guys get on the same page. They work together. They want to make sure that they're in sync. That's going to breed, breed confidence in, yeah, your receivers, but also your QB one knowing that, Hey, we have an understanding you're you're supposed to run a dig here, but we know in the situation, if that play breaks down, you're it's playground ball. And I know what you're doing. We're, we're in sync. You know, we talk about the chemistry that Rogers had with, you know, with Jordy and, you know, Devante and these receivers over the years, that stuff doesn't just happen like that. You build towards that and you work, you go through the grind with these guys and play enough games together, you start to build that. So I think that's that's just as much a part of Jordan's development as as anything else is being in sync with his teammates. And uh, you're right. Is this a new floor or are we going to continue to grow? Time will tell. Definitely. And I've seen that we have uh, Dakota in here. It's good to see you, buddy. Know you're fresh off the honeymoon, all that stuff. Appreciate you swinging through even for just a second. This is the last question we'll take, and we got to get out of here, guys. I'm already three minutes over. I gotta get uh, gotta get into town quick here. Uh, Bleed Green says, "Tim Clayton, since we're since I'm fairly new here, I'm just wondering how you guys became friends. What's the history?" Uh, Bleed Green, basically, we've never met um, just online here. Uh, when I started doing the pod, he was someone that would comment on the pod uh, on Twitter a little bit, and he actually called in a couple times. And there was one time specifically, I was doing a show by myself. Tim called in, and we started chatting. I'm like, you know, if you ain't got nothing going on, just hang around, man. And uh, just been kind of some chemistry here, man. I think we're uh, like minds, not just on the football field, right, and kind of how we see things. But uh, that's basically it. He was a caller. He was a listener. And um, it's kind of like McAfee's show, right? All the guys that were on his crew were people that were calling in and uh, and listening to the show for the most part. Um, so uh, it's pretty cool, man, when you uh, when you come across people online that you uh, you kind of have uh, like minds and just love ball. But, uh, Tim, am I, am I describing that correctly there, man? Right on, man. United by football, right? Like this this game that this game and this team that we both love. Just I think it, that's what brought us together. And uh, 
I'm grateful for it, man. And we'll we'll meet someday, right, Clayton? It's 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 happening. It'll oh, yeah. it'll happen in the future for sure. It's gonna happen real soon for sure, man. Yeah. And like Emilio, you know, you'll see him on the show from time to time. Same thing, man. He was emailing me just down the road here in Tennessee. We didn't know it. We lived about an hour apart, hour and a half, something like that. And uh, yeah, man, you just uh, you know, I'll say it this way and we'll wrap it up. Um, I think it's a God thing. You don't have to believe that. That's just me. Um I think that uh, if you if you try to do right in the world and you try to take care of people and you try to be positive and look at things through a positive lens, maybe the, the way he sees things, he puts people in your path. Now it's on us to uh, to kind of slow down and go, you know what? Maybe that's a sign, right? Um, sometimes we get in our own way and it prevents us from doing that. I've been way, way more guilty than anyone else in that regard because I'm stubborn, hard-headed, and got a little bit of a temper, but, uh, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. I think he puts people in your path for a reason. You're going to walk by somebody today, in my opinion, that you're supposed to say hi to, that you're supposed to encourage. And, uh, that's why we always try to wrap up the show with what we say again, not on, uh, I'm not on my high horse saying I'm great at this. I'm actually pretty bad at it. That's why I try to say it over and over and over, because if I say it to the listeners, when we wrap up, it makes me hold myself accountable to, uh, to try to do the same thing or else I'm just a hypocrite. And I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nothing in this world I hate worse than a damn hypocrite. <laughs> so, Amen. Um, all right, we're going to get out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. This was a fun show. The chat was lit. I hate to have to run with so many people in here. Do us a favor, hit that like button. We'll be back for PTA Live tonight, normal time, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, to uh, talk everything Packers. We've got a lot of content that we didn't have time to get to today that will spill over into tonight. It's going to be good. We're also going to hear from Brian Bulaga and his take on Sean Ryan and why he thinks Sean Ryan might be the better pick there at right guard. But uh, nonetheless, Tim, appreciate your time, buddy. Always good having a cup of coffee with you here in the morning. And uh, for those of you listening on the pod, uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. Everybody in the chat, you absolutely killed it. I want to say congratulations to Mark being a member for two months. Um, Bleeding uh, Green and Gold, thank you for becoming a new member. Excited to have you as a part of the PTA Posse. Y'all have a great day. As always, let's go out and be the change that we want to see in the world. And always, always, always go Pad Go.